Bean. Good morning. <laughs> if you hold it down too long, it shuts off instead of turns on. Well, that was a promo um, for Alpha. And if you've been here for a couple of weeks, you have been hearing about Alpha coming up. And we are super excited that all of our community groups in January will be doing that curriculum. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Kim Saking. And I get the awesome privilege uh, to teach the word today. I just drove through the rain uh, through Green Valley. I think I maybe made it here in record time, <laughs> going really fast in the rain. But um, we had a great time down there in Green Valley. And I just want to thank um, our founding pastors, PM and Gail. Uh, I thank you so much for the vision that you guys set out for this great city of San Francisco 16 years ago. And I thank Pastor Mark and Amanda, he'll be here in a little bit, um, for the opportunity to bring you guys the word today. Um, it's just an honor to be here and to get to talk about heaven. Joy and I, we are just loving being on this pastoral team. Uh, it, it's been so much fun, and our family really loves being a part of Experience Church and serving here. And I think if your young adult and teenage kids love the church and want to give their lives to it, then man, praise God for those blessings. <clears throat> and two, I also want to say, I think in all of our years of ministry, there's been no other church that has felt like home as much as Experience Church has. So we've been going through this series in uh, the month of November called In the End, Living Life from the Finish Line. And today I get to talk about living life after the finish line, what it's going to be like to be in heaven and to see God face to face. So if you're taking notes in your worship guide, we're already to the first point. We can only hope for what we desire, and we can only desire what we imagine. So today I want to paint a picture that will fill your heart with hope and desire for heaven. I want to awaken your imagination and transform the way that you see everyday life in light of heaven. I believe that we can be a church propelled by what the future looks like after the finish line. But in order to do that, we need to see what does the Bible say about heaven. So we're going to start at the very beginning on the first three days of earth. So let's go to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Do you see that God said the heavens and the earth, not the sky and the earth, but this is where he created both at the same time. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So do you see this? On the first day, earth and heaven were one. They were joined together. 
And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. So on that second day, heaven was created. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was very good. Now let's go to the very end of the Bible. The last chapter there is called Revelations. And this was a vision that John, who was a disciple of Jesus, was given about the end of days and about heaven. And in chapter 22, verse 1, it says this, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw, and I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Guys, do you see that? There's a new heaven and a new earth. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. <laughs> and we can just go home. <laughs> Will you pray with me? Jesus, reveal to us in a fresh way what you say about life after the finish line. Would you bring heaven here today and awaken our imaginations to the glorious future that is set before us? Will you show us how fixing our eyes on the life to come can change our everyday here and now? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I know many of you, like our family, have taken that trip to Yosemite, and you've gone through the valley that is just breathtaking, and you've gone up to Glacier Point, and at the top there, looked out over that valley and at Half Dome, and I remember our family being there, and it was sunset time, and the colors were breathtaking. They get kept changing right before your eyes. And it felt like being up that high and seeing nature all around, it felt like heaven. Have you ever tasted an organic, free-range, ribeye steak fresh off the grill with the fat all crispy on the edges and the inside all juicy and a nice big glass of Cabernet on the side? <laughs> And what do we say when we eat a meal like that? It tastes like heaven. <laughs> Have you ever been on the vacation of a lifetime, maybe to Paris, maybe to the Mediterranean, and you spent so much lovely time in this beautiful environment with friends and family that you love, and it feels like you're in heaven and you just don't want it to end? 
We all experience moments of transcendence. We feel those touches of heaven on earth. I don't know about you, but in that last song, heaven was here. <clears throat> and in those moments, it's not hard to believe there's a God. And yet, like we saw in that Alpha video, people are wondering, is there anything after this life? Does anything I do in this life matter? Do I have purpose? And sometimes when we think about dying, it bring, it, we're filled with fear. We have mixed up ideas or confused ideas or it's so big and awesome that it literally like hurts our brains to think about it. So heaven is not what we sometimes see in culture. It is not spirits or cupids floating around on clouds playing harps. It is not a never-ending, boring worship service. <laughs> and it's certainly not the end of fun. So this morning, I want to paint some broad strokes of what heaven is. In your notes, here's the first one. Heaven is connected to earth. You saw in Genesis and Revelation that heaven is not the end of earth. On days one and two, heaven and earth are one. They are not separate. And for me, even as a Bible school student, this was a new concept for me. I just kind of had this idea in my head that earth was broken and sinful and God was gonna get rid of it. And when we died, our spirits went to heaven. And as I began to study a number of years ago, I found this amazing discovery that earth and heaven are not separate. <clears throat> the Bible says that they are forever woven together. And in fact, in Hebrews 8 and 9, it suggests that God created earth in the image of heaven. 2 Peter 3.13 says, But according to his promise, we are awaiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. God's dwelling place is both heaven and earth. All of creation is his home. The Bible reaccounts many times where God walked on the face of this earth in the Old Testament and the New, and how his presence was on the earth. And best of all, Jesus walked the earth. God created earth as a home for us. It suits us. Every part of our bodies was made for this land. It's like heaven is, uh, that earth is this massive living room where we can have relationship with God. As humans, we were made from the dust, so therefore we're forever connected. When we talk about heaven... Heaven is the new earth and the new heaven. Earth is God's creation. He doesn't throw it away. He's the master restorer. And he's the only one that can make it even better than the original, just like what he has done inside of us. This earth now is just a glimpse, a shadow of what the new earth will be. And by calling it in scripture, earth, he gives us a picture that it will be familiar, not a non-earth, but a resurrected earth. <clears throat> the new earth and the new 
heavens is a city. Scripture talks about, and we read here in Revelation, that there's a new Jerusalem, a massive, huge city where the throne of God is and where we'll all get to be a part of. And when you think about cities, think about cities. What do they have? They have people and culture and commerce and roads and buildings, just like our city right over here in San Francisco. The new heavens and the new earth is a country. Hebrews also says to desire a better, a perfect, a heavenly country. Can I get an amen? Not a new country. <laughs> and what do countries have? They have citizens, nations, identities, rulers. And in Revelation, it says that every tribe and ancient culture will bring their splendor and glory to the throne. Isn't God amazing? Don't you want to see that? All of these cultures just flowing into the throne room of God, bringing their treasures. On the new earth, we will have resurrected bodies. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. That man from heaven is Jesus. And his body didn't lay in the grave, and yours won't either. Just as he walked the earth, so will you and I. When you read in the New Testament of those days after Jesus rose from the dead and he walked on earth, you will do the same things he did. He had a body that the disciples touched. He ate with them. He cooked with them. He walked. He taught them. And we will have that same body. And here's the other amazing thing. Yes, you will be perfect in the sense that there will be no sickness anymore in your body. Some of you that live with pain every single day and know that it probably won't end in this life, you will have all eternity in a pain-free body. Those of you that have disabilities... Um, who, who've had trouble with learning, that will be gone forever from your body. All of the sickness and disease will be gone. And you will be the same you. The personality and the gifts that God gave you and those talents, they will still be in you. We will recognize you when we see you. We, you'll have the same hair color and the same eye color. And many of you will be doing the same thing that you're doing here. <laughs> there won't be any gray hair. Hallelujah. <laughs> No need for hair dye. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> On the new earth, we will work. It's not leisure and grapes being dropped <laughs> into our mouths. We were created to be stewards of this earth. Work was a part of the original plan and a part of perfect human life. On the new earth, we will work for Jesus in a perfect society. Everything will be fair and just in our work. And we will have the Holy Spirit surrounding all of us in the presence of God to inspire us to create and to design and to work in a new way. And we won't be working to pay the rent or to put food on the table or to pay off those college uh, 
debt. <laughs> we will be working for the joy of the Lord. So just imagine the things that you're doing now, the job that you are loving and thriving in, or that dream job that you just don't quite have yet, that's what you're going to be doing on the new earth. Those of you that are programmers, those of you that are builders, designers, those of you that care for people and teach people, you're probably going to be doing that on the new earth. And many of us, we have these dreams in our hearts that maybe we've laid down to pick up responsibility, or maybe we just don't have capacity in our life. And I really believe that we will see those dreams fulfilled in the new life. I don't know about you, there's so many things I want to do in this life. I wish I could accomplish it all. I wish I could be a dancer. I wish I could be an architect. I wish I could, you know, yeah, have a top 40 song or something. I don't know. But I believe on the new earth that we're going to see all of those dreams and desires fulfilled. <clears throat> on the new earth, you will be rewarded. The Bible says that every word or deed that we do in his name is recorded in heaven. It says that we'll receive rewards and crowns. So everything that you do here on this earth in his name, whether somebody else sees it or it's done in secret, the heavenly father above sees it. And it's written in a book and recorded for all of eternity. And someday you will stand before him and he will recount the amazing, wonderful things that you did in his name. And you will be rewarded for that. And it doesn't mean just the things that you do here when you come to church. It doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. <laughs> It doesn't mean you have to serve on the worship team. In your everyday, ordinary life, the attitude that you have for everything that you do can be redeemed for the kingdom. If you are a nurse and you're changing bedpans, if you're a mom and you're folding laundry and taking care of children, every single little thing will be redeemed. So take hope. In 1 Timothy 6, it says that God will richly provide us with everything to enjoy. I can't wait to be in that place where we can enjoy everything that he provides us. So if the new earth is heaven, and the new earth is a city and a country where Jesus is the king of it all, I want you to imagine, take what we know now and imagine it perfect, without sin, without pollution, without harm, without crime. Imagine our beautiful Bay Area and imagine the city of San Francisco where everything is just, where no one is marginalized, no one is homeless, no one is struggling just to make it through every day, where relationships are in harmony and filled with love, where we enjoy spending time with friends and family. Imagine the cities paved with gold, no potholes, hallelujah. No traffic and all the fast people driving in the left lane and all the slow people to the right. Can I get an amen? 
No tolls and no taxes. <laughs> and can you imagine that Salesforce tower made of jasper, sparkling with gold and pearls, and taking the elevator up to the top to the restaurant that better be at the top of that building, <laughs> and sitting down with your friends and family and people that you love and maybe someone that's gone before. Imagine having dinner with someone in the Bible or a great, great, great grandfather and grandmother that you've always wanted to hear their story. Imagine not having to pay for the bill. Imagine what the food will taste like, you guys. The food. <laughs> And imagine, <laughs> that guy's going to be eating. <laughs> and imagine looking out on the expanse of the waters and the sunset and knowing that everything is well and everything is at peace and there is nothing left to worry about. I can't wait, you guys. <laughs> <clears throat> Last week, Pastor Mark said, it's not good people that go to heaven, but forgiven. Heaven is accessed only through Jesus. There is only one way that you get to experience this new heaven and new earth. There's only one way that you get to be in the presence of God, and that is through Jesus. It was Jesus who was born of both heaven and both earth. He became the bridge for us. Jesus' death and resurrection not only brings hope for humanity, but for all of creation. Scripture says, for he so loved the entire world, not just people, the entire world that he gave his only begotten son. <clears throat> Colossians 1 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on a cross. In Jesus, heaven and earth are united. He made the way for us to return to Eden, and even a better Eden. He restored our perfect relationship with God, and he made a way for the Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts of humanity. The best thing about heaven, Jesus is there. And we are promised that we will get to see him face to face. And in fact, it says that we'll get to dine at a table with him. The best thing about earth the Spirit of God can live inside of us. You have heaven living inside of you. And the more that we walk closer in step with Jesus and closer in step with the Spirit every day, the more we bring heaven down into our lives and the more we are able to bring heaven to others. <clears throat> heaven should reflect our activities and our ambitions it should affect how we spend our free time and our working time. It should affect who we spend our time with and how we spend that time with them. It should reflect how we spend time and how we spend our money. Let's be a church where people feel the touch of heaven. Let's be a church 
where when they come in here, they know something is different. Something feels like home. That's why we have that sign up there, the slide that says, Welcome Home. Because it's in Jesus that you truly find your home. And let's be a church that goes out there and makes an impact and brings heaven to places that feels like hell. And can I tell you, for some of you, this is the worst it's ever going to be in your life. This is the only hell that you're going to know, the troubles you're going through now. And for some people, and a lot of times we feel jealous of those people who seem to have it all. That's the best it's ever going to be for them. So let our hearts burn with that desire that they need to know where the true earth and true heaven is. There is a question that Joy and I have asked ourselves throughout our marriage. And it's this, in light of eternity, how will this matter? So whatever you're going through right now, whatever difficulty, whatever stress, whatever decision that you need to make, or whatever opportunity that lies in front of you and wherever you are in your relationships with God and with people, how will it matter for all of eternity what you choose to do next? Will you live a life fixed on your true home? Will you store up treasures in heaven? Did you know obedience and faithfulness is the commodity of heaven? Jesus is waiting there and he's longing to welcome you home. He's longing to give you rewards and that crown of life. Just as Paul declares, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Would you put your hand on your heart and would you pray with me? Jesus, we press on with our lives, awaiting that moment where we see you face to face in the throne room of heaven. We long to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, teach us to redeem our daily lives for heaven and to worship you in everything that we do. Release and increase heaven on this earth, in our city, in our church, and in our daily lives. And until that day we see you, empower us to remain faithful, walking in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen.